All right, welcome back, Crusaders, to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 20. I'm your host, Ian, and with me, as always, is Courtney. Hello. We are going to be talking about a couple things this week. Uh, first is going to be the American, Chi- American, American Born, Born Chinese uh, shows on Disney+. Plus. That was an eight-episode series that we finished watching. That came out all at once. <clears throat> then we're going to be talking about Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. uh, or the new Spider-Verse movie, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. We just saw that uh, yesterday, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll give a brief, like, kind of overview, and then we'll be spoiling uh, basically both of these shows. So if you still want to watch them, you don't want, to, and you don't want spoilers, then I would say tune off right now. Um, but if you don't care or you've already seen these things, go ahead and uh, continue listening. Uh, so we'll talk about Spider Verse last. Yeah. So uh, you could get our initial review first, and then before we get into spoiler territory. And then you could click off early. Yeah, we'll let you know when we start talking about spoiler stuff. So first, we're going to talk about uh, American Born Chinese. This yep. was a series that was being highly advertised on Disney Plus for, uh, especially after everything all at once uh, won the Oscar. Won the Oscar. They were highly advertising it, but it's almost like they didn't have faith in it because they released all the episodes at once instead of doing mm-hmm. like a weekly <laughs> release, like they did with like Willow and a few other shows. Well, like Willow and. Uh, all the Marvel TV series yeah. and the Star Wars TV series. So it feels like they didn't have faith in it. And I can kind of see why after watching the whole thing, it really needed to go back to the editing room and kind of like, they. there's like one episode that literally should just be the very first episode that's like, it feels like it's almost out of order, but it's there to explain the back, the background of the history of everything, but that could have easily suffice as a very first episode or second episode <clears throat> yeah uh why they put it right smack like in the middle made no sense yeah especially since <laughs> it was like an homage like 1970s like kung fu film as well it's really weird they're just thrown in the middle um but basically uh it's a decent show but i would say the problem the biggest problem with it is that it's kind of disjointed it's like it's telling two multiple two different stories but the stories don't really connect on the same level that they really should and they're trying to tackle too many issues at once mm-hmm. and instead of it being like here's an issue per episode it's like it's as if it should be carrying across multiple episodes but then sometimes it doesn't um yeah, it's very disjointed yeah because honestly like when they first advertised this i thought it was a movie and yeah. i was surprised to find out it was a tv series and plus the way they advertised it i thought it was gonna be more about american-born chinese actors like or Chinese actors trying to come up in the Hollywood more so than being a traditional like Chinese folklore uh, action adventure story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like closer to release, it got it got more clear that that's what it was going to be. But like original stuff was like, hey, it's going to have Michelle Yeoh in it. It's going to have uh, the guy who played Short Round and who was also in Everywhere, Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Um, but honestly, like. His stuff ended up feeling like it was tacked on last minute because, like, oh, look, he's really popular all of a sudden. Let's get him in this American Born Chinese yep. show. And they kind of th- felt like they threw him in there last minute. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, remember this uh, <clears throat> Chinese actor? we got to throw him in because he's a hot commodity right now. Yeah, that's kind of how it felt, even though I'm sure there's probably prior planning. But um, definitely destroying it. It's something that's, like, it didn't... When you're trying to, like do a show about a different culture and trying to make it more accessible, especially to Americans. I understand that dumbing down, like a lot of the Chinese stuff, but you got to at least explain it more in a way 
to where you're prepared to see it. So like a lot of the costuming was done very well, but if you're someone who's never watched any like Chinese folklore whatsoever, you might be put off by like the kid, like by the monkey stuff. Yeah. Because it looks really weird, but it's traditional Chinese stuff uh, that a lot of people and like weebs out there were like, we're already expecting would be cool with like someone who's brand new to be like, oh, that's kind of a weird choice. Mm-hmm. It may not uh, Appeal, jive with it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I would say. A majority of people might be put off by it, but some that do know the uh, Chinese folklore and uh, have watched a lot of old school Chinese kung fu films, uh, I think will enjoy this series a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the other big issue with it is, is like, they do things fairly well, like costumes are done fairly well, yes. kung fu is done fairly well. The acting by all the characters are done fairly well, but it's like, it's not done a hundred percent. So it's like it's just to the level where it's like it's, it's good, shy of but it. it's not like they didn't focus a hundred percent on one thing. Where normal, normally when you film stuff like this, if you're not gonna have the best actors, or you're not gonna have the best costumes, or the best cinematography, you're gonna focus on at least one aspect of it, whether it be the fighting or the acting or something to be be top notch, absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of it was just done just a little bit under being perfect. So, like, they didn't focus on just one thing to make sure the stunts were great or make sure the kung fu was great or make sure the storytelling was great. So that's why it feels really disjointed, and that's why I feel like this is one of the things that they'll probably pull off at Disney fairly quickly. Um, So if you want to watch it, watch it now. So I feel like it's a one and done. Like, you're going to watch it once. You're not going to go back and watch it again. Yeah, Um, because it definitely leaves it open for a season two, like Willow did, and... They said, nah to Willow. Yeah, so we don't know if they're going to even continue with this. But basically, it's um, it's not like a, retori- a retelling of Into the West story, but it's... It's like a continuation of it. Yeah, kind of sort of. And it's kind of like, hey, here's... It's kind of like a parenting thing as well. And it's, it's destroying because it's two different things. It's the Monkey King and his parenting issues with his child, who who is the supernatural and the kung fu aspect of it. And then there's the American-born Chinese of here's an American-born Chinese kid in high school. Yep, first generation. Yeah, just trying to be a normal kid, but also dealing with the fact that, you know, he has traditional Chinese parents. Um, and then his parents are basically fighting all the time, so, like, they're on the verge of divorce. Uh, basically because... People <clears throat> don't talk. And they don't communicate. Basically, the wife is is harping on the husband to always go for promotion, ask for promotion, ask for promotion. And he's telling her, you don't understand how the world works at work because she's a housewife and not at his work. And so she's constantly nagging on him to where they fight back and forth. Which, like, that's very relatable to any American family, but it's also relatable in any, like, immigrant family, too. It would be like, all right, if there's one person, only one person in the workforce and one person isn't, it doesn't work the same as it would in another country where maybe you could just go to your boss and... and bug them to say, hey, give me the promotion, give me this. Um, where here more shows on more merit and maybe some more networking, who knows. It kind of depends on the job itself, but like you can understand why the husband's frustrated and not being able to come home and relax because his wife is nagging him, but you can also feel like understand why the wife is nagging him because it's like you don't, you're not being uh, proactive. proactive and you're not like doing anything better. But, like, he also wasn't acknowledging, like, her, her side hustle that she tried to start. Yeah. Which kinda, well, she also kind of 
Well, she didn't hide it, but she hid the fact that she took half their savings to start up the side hustle without asking them. Which, if you're a married person, that's a big no-no. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of the things is like, when it comes to married couples, and one of the, one of the things I was surprised that one of my friends didn't understand when he asked, I asked him, like, hey, when you get married, did you guys have a, do you guys have a joint mm-hmm. account or do you guys have separate accounts? And he was surprised that me and my wife, like, we have completely separate bank accounts. We have no joint account. It's always my money is my money, her money is her money, and we just pay all our bills. And it's like, well, why don't you join your finances? Like, well, we do when we do our taxes, but we don't have to have one bank account that both of us can dip out of, you know? Yeah. Cause it's then, less temptation. Yeah, too. it's also less like, it's less, you won't ruin surprises like, hey, what, where did $40 disappear to? Or where did, like, this, you know, $1,000 go to? It's like, oh, shit, I was going to surprise you with yeah. a trip. So, you know? so for us, I feel like that makes more sense. Uh, but like in, and, but I understand why people have like a house fund or some or house account where they put all their money together to pay bills. Yeah. But like again, because the husband and wife don't communicate throughout this eight, these eight episodes, like the wife ends up going like you know being traditional Chinese, getting her herbal medicine from the Chinese herbalist, who's going to be closing down. But then she finds that hey, she can sell the stuff herself to uh, the Chinese community because they they all her friends are buying it. At her like church community thing, because her only job is like really just volunteering at the church, mm-hmm. and so she was selling it there. And then she went and bought the entire stock and was going to rebottle everything and sell it on her own, which is a fine venture to do. But through all her nagging to her husband, he was like, "Fine, you know what? I don't like my job. They gave the promotion to someone else. I'm just going to quit and, and find something and find else. something else that I like to do." But because she went off and and bought all the herbalist uh, stuff. Which she doesn't know how to make. She just bought the whole supply. Mm-hmm. And she spent half of their savings for it. He can't quit. So like then it caused even more tension to work where, of course, they're fighting more and more. And they're about, like I said, about to get divorced. But it's like their whole relationship isn't something that's standard to just a Chinese family. That's standard to like any family. But it's also, again, bad communication. Like her nagging to him, him not necessarily explaining how things work. Just saying that she just doesn't understand. Her going on her own venture not explaining the venture to her husband before spending all the money on it. Because even if he is, like, supportive of it, it's still the fact that, like, he does point like, you don't know what's in this shit. So, yeah. like, you can't reproduce it once you run out of stock. So you spent half, all, half our savings on a company that you want to start that you can't keep producing for. Yeah. It's not a long term. So but- it's like, yeah, she went out on a limb to go do something she wanted to do, but she didn't think it all the way through. And kind of screwed them. But, like, that's, like, just the issue with the parents. Like, they're having their issues. Whereas the Monkey King and his parenting issues is that he's doesn't want his son to, like, go off and, like, do his own adventure like he did. And his son's being sort of like, no, I had this dream. I got to go find this fourth mystical scroll to stop this uprising mm-hmm. and forever, like, save heaven from this never-ending battle between the forces of good and evil, good and evil or earth and heaven or whatnot. Um, and it's like he's smothering his son saying, no, you're not ready for it. You can't do this. So the son basically like steals uh, the monkey King's staff and goes to earth, uh, to go and find his fourth scroll being, uh, disguising himself as like the new Chinese immigrant student at school. And then our main character, Jin, uh, who is the American born Chinese is kind of sucked up all into this whole thing because, uh, he's the other Chinese student there, and the school is extremely racist. Yeah, and which how they have not been called out on is 
extremely weird to me. Yeah, she literally, like... This is the principle that's the most racist. Yeah, she literally pulls Jin out of class to, hey, here's this other kid from China. From China. Uh, he's going to be your shadow. Uh, you're for, Chinese, right? So you should know yeah, Chinese. Yeah, so it's, like, it's really... And that's something, that, like, I think everybody of every race has experienced whenever you're in a predominantly uh, one culture school or not, whether you're white, whether you're black or whatnot... If you're the only white kid in a black school and another white kid shows up, they're going to pair you up. If you're the black kid at the white school, they're going to pair you up with another black kid for some reason. Same thing happened there where you have this, uh, where Jin's like, he's at a point in high school where he's trying to reinvent himself because like he was the nerdy geeky comic kid, Mm -hmm. but like he had a falling out with his, with his nerdy friend. And so like, he's kind of between like being a jock and being, and just being an average person. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do, but he kind of can't. You know, average high schooler. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of gets this Chinese kid thrust on him, uh, who's kind of ultra nerdy, but but also not to the norms of, of, the, of the state school hierarchy. Yeah. So, like, if somebody's talking shit to him, like, he's ready to get up and, and put him in their place. And he's like, no, be quiet. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't draw attention to ourselves. Um, so it's, it's that normal, like, high school awkwardness growing up coming of age thing uh that throws in this mystical journey of uh them finding trying to find this four squirrel to save save heaven but what's destroying about it is that like it's not like like Jin learns kung fu from the chinese kid or learns how to fight or becomes a deep piece of this big puzzle <laughs> he's he ultimately ends up being it but like not throughout the journey of it yeah it, like, and he's so resilient to do anything with the uh, I keep forgetting the yeah, I don't other the character's kid, name other character's name but the monkey king's son uh resi- so resilient to resistance resistance sorry to help him out and you know go on this journey that he's kind of forcing him to on yeah and Michelle Yeoh ends up coming into the picture as being like a goddess on the fantasical side, basically, she's the mother of the Monkey King. Mm-hmm. It seems like, or not the mother of no, Monkey King. No, she's not no. the mother at uh, all, because they call her like Auntie a lot. Auntie, yeah, but she, she's but she's she's the goddess that um, kind of helped the Monkey King on yeah. his journey. Uh, goddess of Mercy. Yeah, Goddess of was. Mercy, and she's very well known. She's highly respected, respected by, well known by everybody. Both sides. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, no, you're. You're going. <laughs> yeah. So she comes in. She's helping Monkey King's son uh, through all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, letting him go on his journey. Um, Jin. Where is... We're Wei, looking at... Wei him Chen, up. I think is his name, Yes, right? Wei Chen. That sounds... But he doesn't have an IMDb page because it's probably his first thing. Yep. <laughs> so Wei Chen, Monkey King's son, is going through... Is trying to find the fourth scroll, which is... Goes back to... The old monkey, um, old legend of, of uh, the, the great, into the west, into the west, and the great sa- and the, the Chinese mythology of like these beings becoming great sages and whatnot. Um, and basically, this is where like this flash flashback episode happens, which is like nineteen seventies like kung fu movie mm-hmm. issue with like the seventies music and all this is like the monkey king is younger. And these are this friend, the bull, uh, the bull demon, the bull demon. And Bull Demon basically got invited to go to the Great Sage uh, announcement. announcement, brings Monkey King with him, but Bull Demon is not as confident or basically, 
it's not confidence that the Monkey King has, it's cockiness. And that's like, yeah. in almost all the stories of the Monkey King, it's a diff- it's him having to learn cockiness versus confidence and, like, right and wrong. And through the Monkey King's antics at this party of trying to get uh, the Bull King to become the next sage. Demon. <laughs> most, yeah, a bull demon to become the next sage. He ends up becoming the next sage himself through his own antics. And he thinks it's a great thing. Cool, he can help the bull demon become a sage and bring everybody else up. But the bull demon is just pissed that, like, dude, I just wanted to go to this party and, like, chill. Instead, you caused all these problems, made me look like a fool. And now now you're the sage and you shouldn't be. And um, was pissed that Monkey King's, like, trying to make him more like him. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be you, so get over it. And then he finds that, and that's kind of like how it links to him and his son where his son doesn't want to be like him. Yeah, and also the great conflict of this series. Yeah, so, and, like, the big conflict now is that, like, the bull demon is trying, every every year tries to revolt against heaven, and the monkey king with his staff is able to beat down the revolt and keep heaven safe. But since his son... Yeah, since Wei Chen has now taken the, the staff and and escaped to Earth... There's no way for him to defend heaven yep. from the Bull King. If the Bull King gets the staff, he can then use it to destroy heaven and then get rid of the hierarchy that, like, originally him and the Monkey King didn't care for. But after the Monkey King became a sage, he understood, like, no, this is this is how things work and why the things are there, right? Yeah. So throughout all this, uh, Jin's story is him dealing with his parents, dealing with... The awkwardness of being a teenager, trying to be a jock, and being made fun of for being kind of being Chinese, and whether or not people should be making fun of uh, him because of a popular TV show that That's, was back in the eighties. Back in the 80s. it was basically yeah. a which is where um, which is where Ki Hung Kwan, which is the guy who played uh, Short Round, comes in. Yep, uh, and in this show, he plays uh, Freddie Wong. Yeah, which is basically. This show is basically a remake of like um, Perfect Strangers, where you had a foreigner and the foreigner was the butt of all the jokes. But in that show, Balky, who was the butt of a lot of the jokes of not understanding American ways, would always have the key point of wisdom or the lesson to be learned that he would have to teach his cousin Larry to abide by by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. They don't show any of that in these in this TV show. All they show is that, hey, Freddie Wong is this goofy Asian neighbor who sleeps in his Frederick's bed while it's up. He gets hit in the head all the time. He falls down a lot. Just the physical comedy. Yeah. And And with TikTok, they took that, his catchphrase, what could go wrong? And then a ceiling fan hits him on the head. So, like... They turn into a fail compilation, and then there's a video of Jin falling into a trash can, spinning around and smashing his head on a trophy case window and then somebody took that and put it into this tiktok thing making fun of him yeah which starts like the chinese club like oh no you have to respect us culturally and they start protesting they want Jin to uh voice voice his opinion i mean, of course Jin's like it's high school this will be forgotten about in like two weeks let's just be quiet and like move on yeah but nobody else wants to do that so it's again him getting pressured and do things he doesn't want to do they have this other episode in the series, like I think it's episode seven. Yes. Where it's just all about Freddie Wong and like, okay, Freddie Wong, uh, his character now is gone as an actor. Uh, he's no longer acting, but he's teaching acting. 
he owns a duplex himself, so he's a landlord. And like, there's been a, since there's been a revival of this TikTok, that we want to bring the show back and maybe even do a remake of it and bring the old cast back. Yep. So they do a reunion show yeah. where they interview the cast. And it just, I get where they're going with it, just it didn't and fit. I understand. But yeah, it just doesn't fit. It, it doesn't really fit weird. with the story at all. Because he, his character doesn't interact with. Uh, with Jin or with anybody. With Jin or anyone. Like, the only interaction they get is that Jin has seen the, the show of it, and then he sees the speech that he gives at, up, at the reunion. Yeah, because you just see it, like, periodically in the background. Like, hey, remember this? Remember this? And, yeah, it's just so off. I liked it. I liked the message, but it just didn't fit with this show. Yeah, and, like... Uh, Ki Hung Kwan gave a good speech about like, hey, a reason why I did this role, uh, where I'm the goofball and it kind of makes Chinese people like look funnier when I was because there was no other Chinese people on TV at the time. This opened doors for more people to get into acting, which is great. But he also said like, hey, I, I didn't want to be typecast like that. I wanted to be the hero, and like they thought oh, you wanted to be like a superhero movie. He's like, no. I just wanted to be a character that goes on a journey, not just a one-note character. Yeah, and that's the lesson. Like he's that like is being part being pushed onto Jin is that like, hey, you can be a hero of your own story. You just have to have your have a story and go on your own journey. Mm-hmm. Which again is kind of mismatched because Jin is like not wanting to do anything because he doesn't really know how to fit in. Yeah, but he's trying to fit in, and every time where he's where things are going successful for him, something goes bad for the for the Monkey King's side of the story. And then once something goes good for the Monkey King side, it goes bad for Jin and his family. And the thing is, like I said, like it would be nice if the two stories were connecting. Like, okay, the bad parenting of the Monkey King and the bad parenting of the of the two parents when they finally meet, like they discuss that and it makes sense. But like they have two different, completely pro- different problems all together. Yeah. There's no advice one could give the other about their situation that would make them realize, oh wait, I'm fucking up. Yeah. So it's really weird that they, that how it's sold. That's why it feels really disjointed. But again, it, like, it ends in some big, it ends kind of weird because I honestly thought, like, there's another episode because when it ends, like, Jin ends up being the key piece. He saves the world. Everybody thinks it's a, t- it's a, a cosplay, cosplay co- co- a show, show for before soccer game of all things. It's At a school weird. that doesn't have a football program for some reason either. Yeah. Um, there's, it's like, this show has, like, little tidbits, and the problem is that these little tidbits aren't like, hey, this episode's really, really good, or this episode's really impactful. It's like, the five minutes in this episode is really, really good when the dad tells off the principal that, hey... You're saying our name wrong. Yeah. Stop being a racist cunt. Like, that was a really... That's probably the favorite part of the whole episode, because, like, she's trying to talk to... Uh, the mom. The mom, because Jin got in a fight at school, saying, like, hey... I know your culture overpressures your children, and it's because of this. And she's just saying, and trying to bring out like these new, like, oh, I went to this this convention. They told me about this new way of talking to parents of, of like your people, and then the dad just finally says, "Hey, you're not listening. There's no, we have problems at home, yes, but it's not our problem. It's not a problem with us because you don't even listen. Our name is Wang, not Wong. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, no, she was saying Wang, not Wong. Her name is Wang. She's calling him Wong. What? Yeah. <laughs> so she kept calling him Wong because but, of the Freddie Wong thing. And he says, our name is not Wong, it's Wang. 
Mm-hmm. And like as soon as he pointed out that she wasn't even getting their their name right, like she completely shut up and shut down. And like he handled that beautifully, and that was like a great seeing that be a great thing for a show was about that would have been about a, a being an American born Chinese person. But this movie, the show is not about being an American born Chinese. Yeah, it's like here's, uh, here's into an, the uh, West story, and then here's an American born Chinese story, all matched into one that makes that doesn't. It doesn't fuse together. Yeah, it well. doesn't fuse together at all. Well, at all. It it needed another, like third or fourth take, third or fourth take in the writers' room to mesh them better. I felt. Yeah, like I thought when I realized, like, okay, what this was, I thought it was gonna be like um, the Forgotten Kingdom with oh, yeah. Jet Li, where it's like, hey, here's this kid who gets sucked into this magical world and has to go on this magical journey and, and complete this journey in order for him to get back home. But like, it wasn't that. And it wasn't a whole lot of the magical being coming to Earth and learning learning a lot from Jin. Because I don't feel like he learned anything from Jin. No. <laughs> he learned nothing from Jin. Because <laughs> Jin didn't really want to have anything to do with him. Yeah. And Jin did learn a little bit from him, but not enough to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's my best friend. He's going to change my, he's changed my life, and I should be such a good friend to him. It's like, you have other friends you should be paying more attention to the whole time, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, that's American Board Chinese. It was a very... It was not very well put together, unfortunately. I wish it was because, like, bringing all these Asian actors in in for this show was a really good idea. And mm-hmm. it would be really cool to see a series, whether it be a sitcom or a dramatic series or something or a short-run miniseries, of what it's like to grow up as an American-born Chinese person, like a first-generation person of American culture. We've already seen that with, like... um was it Miss Miss uh, Miss Marvel, a yeah. first generation Afghani yeah, yeah. person growing up and dealing with her like not Afghani Pakistani, um, Pakistani uh, girl growing up with uh, her Pakistani family and then with the dealing with American life in school and then it's just wrapped in a Marvel package. Yeah, that did an excellent job, and that did a really that. good job of like, oh, cool. That's this is what the Pakistani struggle was. This is what that is. This is what they're dealing mm-hmm. with. On top of all the racism that American gives them, um, and then having to learn to cope with that and going to school with that, where this was like, yeah, people are racist to Chinese people, and you kind of laugh it off, ha, 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 ha. Here's an American-born Chinese person who doesn't fit the mold of a Chinese stereotype of like being super smart, being really good at music or math or stuff like or, that. Yeah. He's just a normal kid and just trying to be a normal kid, but has to live with all the stereotypes that get thrown on him. That was like somewhat there, but not the focus, and so it's, it's lost in... It's lost in translation. Yeah, so, like, I don't know why they approved it the way it was. I would have, like, hey, we need to rewrite this. We need to reorganize some of these episodes. Yeah. Re-edit, rewrite some stuff so it fits better. Yeah, don't make it seem like Ki Hung Kwan was just thrown in there last minute because he was a hot commodity at the moment. Yeah. Um, Let's actually make a coherent story that's not just going to be coherent to people who know the Monkey King mythology, like, front to back, but... To an American audience who can get to know and understand and learn that mythology. Yeah. So, not really the best well done thing. Check it out if you want. Um, it'd be interesting to hear what other people think of it, but like I didn't think it was a good show. I thought it was a great cast and good acting, but not a and good coherent story. Yeah. Concept was there. Execution failed. Yeah. Alright, so, so now on to the more exciting and fun <laughs> Damn! Um, Cross the Spider-Verse with uh, Spider-Man. Now, this is the sequel to 
uh, Into the Spider-Verse by Pascal Animations and Sony uh, Pictures that came out, I believe, in 2018. Yep. So far, it came out this weekend. It's getting rave reviews. If you like the first movie, you're really going to love this one. If you haven't seen the first movie, I implore you to definitely go watch that. Yes. You're going to need to watch that. Well, they do have a little... A little, little bit of a, a intro of what happened la- in the last movie, but you, you really, really need should to watch the first movie before you watch this one. Yeah, because um, it does have event- ties into events that happened in the first movie from this. Like there, like you said, there is a little bit of like, hey, this is what happened. But um, to really appreciate this one, you need to watch the first one. Um, starts off really, really well um, with it almost being like a Gwen. Uh, Spider Gwen uh, story, yeah, with like what happened to her right after the end of the f- movie, and her life in her own world. Because, as she described in the first movie, like she was very lonely. Like, like after her, she lost her friend Peter, um, after she kind of went into herself. Yeah, and, like she said, I don't have room for friends anymore. And Miles was like the first friend that she makes. So having that connection of one in the first movie that all the Spider people like realize, wow, I'm not the only one. So they no longer have to feel alone. But then at the end of that, they all have to leave. So then they're all alone again now, and they have to deal with that. Yeah. Now they didn't go into like every version of the Sp- Spider-Man from the first movie. It's like, hey, look, this person's alone and sad. This person's alone and yeah, sad. It's like, Nicholas Cage's character is like, alone and sad still. It was just like, here's Gwen and her situation, and then here's Miles and his situation. What's going on? And then they bring in the whole uh, Spider-Verse as it goes as they go through the story. Yeah. Um. Definitely a great movie. I love the art styles that they have for all the different characters. Yep. It still holds true. Yeah, and each world has its own art style, own color palette, and it's so great. So you know exactly, okay, I'm in this world when you see this color palette or this art style. And the animation for each one is so good. And oh, it's like some animation's more fluid and rubber bandy because that's you know what that world or universe is. Some is more artistic and very sketchy and the colors and the animated frame rates are just well done just like in the first one it's just more in this one i feel yeah so like in the first movie where it was these characters from different art styles are put into miles's world so the characters themselves have aspects are and like nicholas cage's noir spider-man was the most obvious one where he was always black and white the wind, wind. wind blowing on him for his uh, trench coat to fl- float in the wind or whatnot. <laughs> like, his art style of his world was always about him. And just like with Penny Parker and her robot and anime style, that was always her style crunching the inside his world. Mm-hmm. We actually get to see some of these other worlds and how and the whole world in that art style. And they spent a lot of time in Gwen Stacy's world where you have a lot of her, like, pastels and uh, her, like... It's almost like a painting and not so much as crisp as Miles' world is. Yeah. Which I think, I think was done very, very well. So, like, again, without any spoilers, def- definitely go watch uh, the first one. Please. Definitely watch this movie. It's really, really good. You'll We're- love all the characters, all the different spider people they introduce. All it's the different so movies. Like, you have to watch it again just to catch all the stuff in the background that happens. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> There's a lot of uh, Easter eggs in the background, especially when they go into kind of the this isn't really uh spoilery because it shows it in the trailer but when they go to the hub of where all the spider people meet 
uh, in the Spider-Verse and you see like, oh, I recognize that Spider-Man from Insomniac. I recognize that Spider-Man from uh, this comic. Yeah, pay attention to anything that's moving in the background (laughs) or that's not like center focus. There's always a nice little Easter egg there. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to get into spoilers about it. So we're going to jump into that point. So if you don't have not watched Spider-Verse... Go uh, watch it. We both highly it. recommend it. Big thumbs up. Come back and listen to what we're about to talk about. All right, so... So let's start from the very beginning. All right, so very beginning is... Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen's <laughs> world. Uh, where, like, you know, she's in a... She goes back into, like, hey, she's in a rock band and this and that. She doesn't have room for friends. And then you kind of get that interaction where I actually realized it was with the band where, like... She's going there, drumming, 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 and then the Just band did... stops playing, and she's still going and yeah. not paying attention. And that's a really good uh, audio tech uh, sync because, like, when it first starts, you have the whole band playing, but as it like ends, it's just the drums that you feel and the power and the rawness as she's telling the story in her head yeah. to the audience what's happening. <laughs> And, and like why she's angry about it. Yeah, you, you, feel, you feel more and more anger as she keeps drumming and as the instruments, other instruments drop out. Yeah, and then it's the concept of how, all right, so she's in the band, she's playing she's playing through her own stuff, and then, oh, sorry, the song stopped, okay. And then the band member's like, hey, you want to talk about it? And she's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. It's the point where it's the band. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like everybody's pushing, like, well, I joined a band and talked about shit. It's like, well, I didn't. I came to join a band and hit, my, hit drums. Uh, and that's what I, how I get through my shit. To point like she like you said, she just immediately says, "All right, I'm done. I quit." Yeah. Um, because it's not the right band for her. Like she's not looking. That's not the, the types of friends that she was looking for. Because she can't tell them who she really is. She can't be 100 percent honest with that, with them. Yeah, she so, has no one in her universe that knows she is a Spider Woman. Yeah, so she she can't move forward with that. And then also go replay the concept of, of what was going on is that Peter Parker was a big. Part of her family, you see dinner with uh, him and Aunt May and her dad all the time, mm-hmm. and then Peter Parker becoming the lizard was kind of uh, more... the Green Goblin. No, he became a lizard. Oh, just a lizard. He oh. was, became a lizard. I thought he was. Oh, no, know. no, he became the lizard in her universe, uh, mainly because he was being bullied, <laughs> and we don't know necessarily what Peter's motivation was, but he took a serum that turned him into a lizard. That the lizard like immediately went after his bully, and Gwen stopped him, not knowing it was Peter, and ended up get, he ended up. Uh, dying in that battle, yeah, and Gwen also has to carry that. Yeah, she killed her, her best her friend. best friend, which you don't get a lot of in the first movie. But I do see like with the dinner party scene in uh, Into the Spider Verse, where she's like, "Hey, Peter, calm down. I know what you're going through." Like you don't realize it, but like as soon as she had met Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, she was going through the same thing Peter was when he saw Mary Jane. That, like, that's her best friend, but he's dead, and she can't say anything about it. Yeah, well... And she had to keep his... all that... She kept all that inside that entire movie, and you can only really see that a little bit in her eyes. Yeah. Where this... Peter got to walk through this whole thing, and this time you actually see her go through all, the, all that yeah. hurt. So this movie's, like, more... Yes, it's about Miles. Like, Miles is the main character, but Gwen is very, very close second. She has a huge arc throughout this whole movie. Which I think, which at the end wraps up really nicely. So, before we get to that spoiler, uh, she goes home after band practice. Her and her dad fight. Her dad's um, a cop in the NYPD, or sorry, PDNY. Well, in it her depends, it depends, I don't know if it's the same in her universe. It was hers because I checked. Okay. I was looking in the background. I know it's PDNY Miles' universe yeah. too. 
Same with hers. <laughs> but, like, he's the captain, and, like, they bring it up a little bit later on, but, like, there's a canon with Spider-Man, right? Like, his uncle always has to die, or someone in his family, family. Christmas has to die. But with the Gwen Stacy story, somebody has to die, which is usually Gwen, like, as we know it, Gwen Stacy dies in our known universe of, of how Spider-Man works. Mm-hmm. But another... Uh, ways is that her father the captain stacy dies yeah or Uh, the captain that spider-man's close to yeah so that kind of brings us into some of the some of like of the bigger plots going on but what happens next is basically um we start seeing another like um collider event Mm -hmm. where basically this version of the vulture shows up in gwen's world uh who's like a renaissance Vulture. The cool thing is, like, I, it went so fast I couldn't read it all. Oh, yeah. But they have comic no- notations about shit. So, like, he showed up and, like, uh, when the other when Miguel shows up, uh, the Spider-Man 2099 shows up, like, he says something about the Vulture's ability to, like, regenerate something. And a little comic notation in a box pops up refer- explaining what that was. It was too fast for me to fully read it, but it's like, oh, cool, they're putting in... The comic book notation that you get, like, see issue 293 for this, 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 and this. Yeah, or uh, this it, power does this, this, this. Yeah, they're explaining what was going on, which is kind of cool. Yeah, which is what... And then they'll do comic panels with the action going on. So they'll do... Uh, one panel will be, like, a far-out zoom, and another will be more up close to their face. And I love that. It's, it makes you feel like, I am watching the comic book, which... Again, this movie like reinvigorate, uh juices you back up for okay. uh, watching comic book movies. Although, like I do feel the MCU is has run its course pretty much. Yeah, um, but back to this is that they get this, this big fight. They stop that. They find out that hey, uh, with Miguel and Spider Woman, who is on this motorcycle, uh, shows up. Yeah. That, hey, there's this bigger issue going on with the multiverse, and that because of the Collider event that happened... In Miles's world. Miles' world, uh, things have been happening in other uh, universes where random villains are getting sucked into different worlds, and if they do enough damage or they get, uh, do, get out enough, they change the canonical canon enough that it will basically destroy that universe. Yeah. So, Spider-Man 2099, who we saw at the end of Into the Spider-Verse... Uh, known as, um, not Miles, but um, Miguel. Yeah. He has tasked himself with, I'm going to go to all the universes and make sure the canonical events of these universes are supposed to happen. So if Uncle Ben's supposed to die, Uncle Ben has to die. Uh, i got to stop and uh, capture all the villains who are showing up in these different worlds and put them back to where they go. And he's implored the ta- uh, his own little task force of other Spider-Men and women and versions of Spider-Man to help out. Uh, so then Gwen kind of gets pulled into it because at the end of this fight with Vulture, Gwen does finally reveal to her dad who she is. And her dad was going to arrest her. Going to arrest her anyway because he's a good cop and he has a manhunt out for Spider-Woman because they believe she killed Peter Parker. Yeah. And even seeing his own daughter as Spider-Woman and her saying, I did not kill Peter. If that's not, I'm not a murderer. And him still saying he was going to arrest her. Basically... Broke Tip. that that chain and like she's like okay I'm leaving and like they fought Miguel and uh, Sp- Spider Woman actually yeah. let her leave with them and gives her the technology so that they can travel through universes without glitching out basically. Yep, and then we smash cut to Miles's world 
where his parents are having a meeting with one of the school counselors about his future of going to college. Even though he's a sophomore and they're like, we want to discuss this early. I'm like, well, that is awfully fucking early. It, again, also, it's like a special school, so it kind of makes well, sense. I guess so, yeah. But uh, the thing is, uh, Miles is not there because uh, he's off being Spider-Man. And they're like, oh, where is he? And they're texting him. And that's pretty, I thought it was a cute, funny exchange. Like, I'm almost there. I'm just riding a little late. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, oh, look, look, there's bubbles. He's, he's riding. All right. Oh. Maybe he's not. It's not. He's on his way. Because yeah. it, it, And uh, what I thought was funny is that uh, Rachel Dratch plays Miss Weber, who's the counselor. Yes. Looks exactly like her, almost. It's like a short funny. version of her. But it's... That's, this whole scene sets up the point of the story, which is, what is Miles' story? Mm-hmm. What And, like, everybody in here, in this universe, and across all the universes, is trying to tell Miles what his life should be. Where, like, his mom doesn't want him to leave Brooklyn. Uh, his dad wants to make sure he's, like... It's kind of like the parenting part where, like, he still wants to be a kid, but has to understand that he's growing up. Yeah. And you have responsibilities <clears throat> of Miles, showing up on time. Miles wants to be Spider-Man, he desperately wants to be able to go back to the, the multiverse to see Gwen, because his whole th- speech when he finally shows up is, hey, I'm going to go to New Jersey. Where they going invest- to Preston, and his mom freaks out. She's like, oh, New Jersey, that's so far away. And he's like, really? It's like... New Jersey, it's, it's not New far Jersey. away at all. And his whole point is that there's the best quantum physics uh, scientists work there, and they're working on interdimensional stuff, which is what he wants to do so he can get back to... Me seeing all his friends, his true friends, the other Spider-Man, because those are the people that they can be completely honest with, right? Yeah. Um, but through all this, like, he's fighting, he ends up, who he's fighting while he's trying to get to this meeting is The Spot. Yeah. Who is this character who think who is blaming Miles as, for, for all turning them into The Spot. And this is a character, like, you do not recognize by any means. Oh, it is voiced by Jason Schwartzman, too. Oh, sweet. So... Basically, he's the guy that in Into the Spider Verse when they leave the all night place after introducing Doc Ock, and they throw the bagel. The guy that gets hit by the bagel is That's this guy. Spot. <laughs> uh, and not only like because he mentions, yeah, you hit me with a bagel once. And the whole thing is that he was working on the Collider program. He was in the chamber when it blew up, and when it blew up, it turned him into this this interdimensional spot thing, where basically he has can- spots that he can open up portals over and he's trying to turn to life of crime because everybody in his life turned away from him when he got turned into this spot creature thing because he's he's not wearing a suit he's like he got, literally points out like, no this is my skin now and like that's gross he's yeah. like yeah it sucks everybody hates me now so he blames Spider-Man for that and yet Spider-Man not knowing who he was or how he got created him doesn't see him as a nemesis or a mm-hmm. literal threat calls him a villain of the week so, and that sets him off big time. So that's time. what really sets him off as being the main villain in all this, is that he wants to be taken seriously. He wants to uh, take down Spider-Man because he blames Spider-Man for everything. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, uh, could you be blaming Fisk and the people who want, put you in the role of doing interdimensional science when you guys all yeah. knew it was dangerous? But he also comes up with the concept that, hey, I'm your nemesis. I created you. You created me because he's the scientist that pulled the uh, spider from, from World 42? World 42. Pull the spider into Miles' world. Because in the first movie, when he gets bit, he goes back and finds the spider's body. The spider's body glitches a little yeah. bit. That's the only time you ever see it glitch. So the spider's not from Miles' universe. But that bites Miles. That's how he got all his powers, right? 
So the spot takes credit for that, and then says Miles is what created him and wants to take care of him in, in their fight and whatnot. That actually goes on after Miles leaves his PTA meeting <laughs> because he basically, like, detains him, goes to the meeting, and finds out that he escaped and is still trying to steal this ATM machine that he can't seem to just pull the money out of. <laughs> um, Miles goes back and fights him some more. And then it ultimately ends up with... Uh, he collapses... The spot kind of collapses into, into himself. And so, like, Miles thinks, all right, job's done. Goes about his business and dealing with his parents. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the fact that... Uh, big, the fact that things are changed. Like, his dad's about to become captain. His mom doesn't want him to go... Doesn't want him to leave to go to Jersey or anything. Yeah. But, like, Miles wants to do his own story and all that. His parents have to uh, go through the process of learning to accept that. And let him go through. That's when Gwen Stacy shows up to just hang out as spider people with him. Although she's literally there to monitor the, the spot. spot. Who but she comes out of his like little interdimensional yeah. thing because he discovers, oh, my spots can go into to other dimensions. Yeah. He realizes he can travel the multiverse at will without any issue. Yeah. But um, he just needs more spots. Yeah. So he's going to create a mini collider. To give him more spots. Yeah, he needs the energy from the collider to become to get more spots so that he can control it more and do whatever he wants. Yeah. So Gwen's really there to monitor what the spot is doing because he's an he's an anomaly that they detected and the, while they monitor the multiverse. But <coughs> because she's there, she decides I'm going to go see my friend Miles because she really misses him. So her and him hang out. Uh, do their thing. She meets mm-hmm. his parents. Her parents don't like her. Yeah. Uh, just like they don't like Genki because they, they call them by their first name and not Mr. or Mrs. Um, <laughs> so uh, she's there. Mm-hmm. They hang out. Miles is grounded for being like for being late and and attitude to his dad. Because, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. His dad's becoming captain. His dad's going through the thing that he feels like everything everything he's doing is, is failing. But it's somewhat working. But, like, he doesn't feel like it's success. He feels like he's failing as a father, mm-hmm. failing as a cop. But things are going somewhat his way. Um, but he's becoming a captain. becomes an important thing later on, which you don't realize while that's happening at the at the point. Yeah. But then uh, Gwen takes off and has to leave. Uh, Miles ends up following her and sees that she went to where the spot was. And she was tra- tracking the spot. That's why she was there. And that the spot went to a different dimension. So she has to go and follow him, figure out where the hell the, the spot ran off to. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles jumps into her dimensional portal with her and follows her. Um, and then they end up in this... Other spider world. This, or it's spider... Or, yeah, it's a different spider different man's universe world. Where, like, instead of... It's like... It's... It's like India instead of New York. Yeah, it's a... It's not new Mumbai. It's like oh, I forget what they call it. Yeah, because it only flashes the name of Steve very briefly. But yeah, the Spider-Man there's a uh, Indian kid. He has some of the little bit of the same He's story. He's so obviously. cocky and hilarious. I love him. He has him. Per- perfect hair. Apparently, perfect he doesn't do anything. Perfect right? body. The perfect life. Yeah, he says I don't. I get up. I don't work out because I've already have the perfect body. So it's I just so I just do me. It's so um, and the great thing about all the Spider-Mans that show up throughout this, and this is like your first taste of it, is that they're all quippy and funny. Because even Gwen is quippy and funny when she's Spider-Woman. And seeing this Indian version of Spider-Man running around and like him yelling at like, he yells, he's yelling at Miles, he's yelling at the spot because like, I think he points out to Miles, oh, you like chai tea? He's like, well, chai just means tea. You're saying tea tea. Stop saying tea tea. It doesn't make sense. We don't and know coffee, coffee, cream, cream. We go see. Oh it's so good. 
It is so hilarious. Yeah, and oh. then when the spot shows up, he's like, "Oh, you came to you came, you came to my universe for like eat, pray, love thing." That's such a total like white person thing to do, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> like, you want me to teach you oh about naan bread God. and saffron? Huh? <laughs> Don't tell me you like chai tea. Oh, I do like chai tea. It's like it's tea tea. Stop saying, calling it, it chai tea. Just sets him off, and I love it. It's so funny. So they go through this whole thing. Um, the spot causes even more damage because he goes to uh, this science place in that universe where they have a full they were size building a collider. They had a full size collider. That's where he gets he gets his power maxed out at, but this building collapses onto like the city which is like mm-hmm. multi level up. Like it's a hugely advanced like India, New York where like there's multiple layers. Like of uh think fifth element, like that city, but completely it, vertical, like yeah, in its height. So the three Spider-Men, the Indian one, Miles and uh, Gwen. Gwen, all work together to... Well, and then another uh, Spider-Man shows up. The One of the best Spider-Mans. Oh, Obi. Yeah, that's right. Obi. Obi, show, Obi also is there because... A.K.A. Punk Spider-Man. British Punk Spider-Man, yeah. Best character. He shows up. His uh, art with, style With his own is, art style, uh, which is like the... Is the punk culture art style of like magazine, like rippings and stuff. And even his style around him is that way. Um, and he has his own little intro that he does, but they all work together to save everybody, get people out of the way, try and stop this building from collapsing on everyone, do all this stuff, and then suddenly, uh... A part of a Ma- building... Ma- well, Miguel oh. shows up. Miguel doesn't show up, but he no. radios in, hey, when a canonical event's about to happen, be careful. And we don't know what that means at that time, but basically this building's falling, the bridge is falling... Uh, Indian Spider-Man is, is saving a bus that has like his, his, girlfriend. his girlfriend in it, but her dad, who's the captain, is saving a little girl on the bridge. is about to get killed, which is behind him. He's having... trying to do both. He's like, I'm gonna go. Sa- I'm gonna. I can do both. I'll save her and I'll save him. But what ends up happening is Miles saves the captain and keeps everybody alive. And the spot has like dropped a dimensional spot or something that's starting to eat away at the world that yeah. all the other Spider-Men suddenly start showing up to contain and try and stop it from doing anything. But what it happens, what that ends up being is that the canonical event is that her dad, the captain, was supposed to die. Yeah, which you find out when they go to the big Spider-Man uh, HQ. Which the weird thing is that the Indian Spider-Man pro- didn't know that either, so they didn't tell him. Yeah, I don't it, think they tell a lot of Spider-Men that, Unless hey, it's happened to them. Because yeah. it's like only a few people know. And this is the part where like we find out that Gwen's been lying a little bit. Cause she told Miles, like, look, you can't join. It's a very small task force. It's very picky who they pick in. But when they all have to go to HQ, it turns out like it's every Spider-Man from every universe is all part of this. Yeah. Hundreds of different ones. Like, there's... An avatar Spider-Man, he's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an avatar. I'm sitting in my, in my computer room in my universe, and I'm just here and there. There's a T-Rex uh, Spider-Man. There's a cat Spider-Man. Oh, cat Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, and uh, they also walk by a bunch of villains from other uh, multiverses. Yeah, and they, they captured even, villains from other verses. And they, they showed a version of Prowler. that From oh. MCU, which is Danny Glover. Yes. Uh, and being the same character, too, because like, those Spider-Man's like, yeah, I caught you. like, no, you didn't. I slipped. You didn't catch me. I slipped. I fell, and that, that's how you got me. I you didn't beat me, uh, yes. but but ha- I love because they long time there was a talks of having uh, 
Glover be Miles Morales. I and think it he never... voices him in one of the cartoons. Yeah. The TV and series. And it just never came to be for him to do it live, live action. action. But he became a live action prowler in the MCU verse, and they bring him back here. Yeah. This is the part where, like, there's a ton of stuff in the background or stuff when they're explaining the canonical events. And this is why you need to go back where, and like, watch you, this you'll again see and again. A ton of stuff from other stuff. Like, there's parts, like, even before this, there's. Uh, Miles' roommate is playing the Insomniac uh, Spider-Man game on his TV in the dorm room. But this part where, where they talk about, well, there's canonical events like Uncle Ben has to die. And they show all the different Uncle Bens. They show Tobey Maguire's Uncle Ben, Andrew Garfield's Uncle Ben dying. You see the Uncle Ben death scene from the uh, video game, from one of the old video game scenes in there. Mm-hmm. You see Miles' Aaron, uh, Uncle Aaron dying. And then like, you have the Gwen Stacy... Uh, Gwen Stacy captain dying, or they don't show Gwen Stacy dying, but they talk about the captain always has to die, which is always Gwen Stacy's father. Yeah. Um. So they show a bunch of those scenes happening, and that's when they realize, Miles realized, wait, my dad's about to become captain. You mean the captain I'm close to is going to die, his, and he can't save his own father? And then that sets off the real plot of the story, which is... He's the anomaly. Miles is the anomaly, and like... We find out later on, but you but like one thing about this movie, it is kind of very predictable what's happening. Like you kind of piece it together as it's going, is that throughout all this canonical stuff that uh, that Miguel Spider Man twenty ninety nine is trying to keep trying to keep together so all these universes don't fall apart. Because his experience is that he found a universe where he had a daughter and his ver- and the version of him got killed, and so he stepped in and took the took the place. And had a family and was raising his daughter and everything. But because yeah. he did that, instead of just letting his his person die in that universe, that universe somehow collapsed. And he thinks it's all because of this canonical event that he uh, interfered with. So that's why he built this whole Spider-Verse task force of all the Spider-Mens going there to stop and going to other universes to stop canonical events from happening. But it's also very clear he's not telling everybody everything because he obviously didn't tell the Indian Spider-Man that the captain would have to die there. Yep. Um, and Gwen didn't uh, realize it either uh, when they're explaining the stuff to Miles that, oh, wait, her dad's a captain. If she stayed in her world, does that mean her t- dad has to die? Yeah. Um, so Miles is the only one that's like, this is bullshit, no. We can change. I'm going to save everyone, even though one of the messages that the Peter Porker told him was that you can't save everyone in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miles is determined, like, no, I'm going to save my dad. You can't expect me not to try and save my dad. And then this sets off this huge event of all the different Spider-Men chasing him. Which is amazing. Is great, too. And then, like, you have Peter B. Parker show up, which is technically our Spider-Man. Uh, and that's where, like, you get the goofy stuff with him and his kid. But, like, him and Obi and, like, Gwen's definitely is definitely because she doesn't have a world to go back to in her mindset. But Peter B. Parker and Obi definitely seem like the two people are like, I'm just here for the laughs. I got my own shit to do. And like even yeah. even throughout this whole chase scene, Obi's just watching it and he's like, and I'm not part of this. He's like, I'm not part of this. He's like, and he I, goes, he, he even goes back to his his own. Uh, yeah, but like he always, but like, even with playing with Parker's kid, he's like, yeah, that's right. You shit on the establishment. Cause yeah, because she, she took a dump in her diaper or whatnot. And like he's like. Point out, like, oh yeah, that's a that's a metaphor for capitalism. How it's bad because it's, it's destroying the world. Because <laughs> he's the OG like British punk rocker. I hate the establishment shit. And yeah. even when the sh- when shit starts going off and everybody starts trying to chase him, he says, "Oh, by the way, I quit." Goes back to his universe and takes off his watch and leaves. Yeah, because he's not about it. Like both him and Peter B. Parker 
are two characters who are there, who seem like they're there just to see what this whole thing was about and see where it was going, but they weren't fully invested in it. Yeah. And um, Miguel just puts up with them, basically. Like, he, he literally tells Peter B. Parker, I've had enough of you for today. I'm not, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. And, like, leaves him behind. Um, and Obi, like, yeah, whatever, fuck off, and just does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in all this, like... This is where you have the cool scene where, like, all the different Spider-Mans are chasing him throughout their facility. And Miles is trying to get away. Um, because ultimately what ends up happening is Miguel ends up catching up to Miles as, like, they're on this train that's about to shoot to the moon. Uh, with the whole Spider-Crew in tow telling him that, hey, here's the real truth is that you are an anomaly. There's a universe that does not have a Spider-Man because your spider was transferred from that universe to yours and you got bit instead. So if you didn't get bit... Your Spider-Man well, would be Spider-Man, alive. Chris Pine's Spider-Man would have survived yeah. and would have stopped the collider from going off and then none of this would have happened. So which, basically, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, which is like... Because if you rewatch the first one, you're like, well, it was going to go yeah. off and all this was going to happen. Anyway, he would have... Like, there's nothing to tell regardless. you that if that spider did bit, bite Miles, would Peter Parker not die? And like, the spider showed up, it bit Miles, Park, Peter Parker died, and Miles took over as Spider-Man. Yeah. Like... Without that happening, Peter Parker would die. Just who would have been a Spider-Man, it would have seemed like, right? And it's putting a lot of like blame of like his hurt that losing his family and that whole universe, all of it being it's all Miles' fault. So Miles gets away from everybody, uh, basically because he had the whole facility chase him up on this train. Yeah, uh, was able to jump off and get and get back to the facility and then get back to their go back home machine, which he thinks is going to send him back to his home. But if you've been paying attention, you realize, oh, this uh, machine Because is... it flashes uh, Homeworld 42. Yeah. That's not his homeworld. Because we also see what his homeworld is on Gwen's Watch, which is like 1601 or something. Yeah. But it's triggering on based on his spider powers, and the spider powers are from Universe 42. So he goes back home. Which, Miguel... if you don't pay attention, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And but... you're going to miss it, yeah. Yeah. But when it, like, spits him back, you're... If you pay really close attention to the art, art style. style, you kind of go, this isn't the right color palette, and There's the style's a little, a little off. It feels off when he comes <clears throat> back. Yeah, because Miguel and all them, and like he puts his crew together to go get Miles, and they go back to Miles' universe. Well, before that, they Miles... kick, before he goes to after Miles, he kicks uh, Gwen out. He takes her watch. To travel and puts her back into her universe. Yeah, in her universe. But, like, we get all them show up in Miles' universe, and they're trying to find him. Hunt him him down. Hunt him down. But you don't realize Miles is not necessarily in his universe, because, like you said, it's just slightly off. And either you catch it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really catch it until the actual moment, because the way they they shot each scene at this point was when he was trying to go home, was in sequence with what was going on in his own universe. So when... With Miguel Trait... chasing after him and then uh kind of a little bit before all this too they take a little uh sidestep and follow Gwen Stacy when she goes back home and talks to her dad and opens up with him and they get on the same page and then her dad goes oh yeah this little punk kid came and handed told me to give you this when he kind of came home and it's basically uh, Obi's been making yeah. his own uh, watches at home and so it had his own uh, device to give back to Gwen because you see him 
open the portal and throw it off and then leave. So clearly he's been making his own. So he went to her universe and gave one to her dad to give to her. So then she goes to Miles's yeah. universe. And, and that's when you see this connection that, okay, Miles is not in the same room she's in. Because she crawls into his window and he's supposed to be in his room talking to his parents. His mom. His mom and he's not there. Yeah. And like, oh wait, no, f- universe 42, that's not his universe. He's somewhere else. And that's the universe where there's no Spider-Man because his mom has no idea who Spider-Man is when he, when he tells her, hey, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, she's like, oh, is that a Comic-Con thing? And he's like, what's, what's, what's Comic-Con? Because he says that in his <laughs> universe, like, I don't know what Comic-Con is. Um, so that's when you realize, oh, shit, he's in the wrong place. Yeah. And then it reveals, like, oh, you let down your braids. And he's like, oh, so he doesn't look like his Miles Morales at that Earth. And then in walks in Uncle Aaron and he's alive, and you're like, oh, hey, Uncle Aaron, you you look a little raggedy, because you, you got gray going on, sir. Yeah, clearly it's like, it's hinted at, but you, you see it very quickly after it, but like, he goes in there, he gives his mom a, a lot of money, saying, hey, look, don't worry about it, I got you covered, and then he starts talking to Miles, like, hey, we got a job to do, this and that, when they go to the roof, you see that Uncle Aaron's alive, but his dad's dead. Yeah, and, and there's a big... Uh, the painting mur- porch yeah, mural. The, the mural that they drew of Aaron in Miles' universe is now a mural of his dad being dead as being shot down as a captain or whatnot yep. on the police force. So this is where nobody's talking about it. It's probably good that they're not talking about it, but we're going to mention it anyway. <laughs> this movie is a fucking cliffhanger. It ends. Huge, huge cliffhanger. It ends like a fucking comic book. It's like super suspense. Because uh, Uncle Aaron capture, captures our Miles Morales, and then... He's tied up against the punching bag like Spider-Man was when he went in the first movie. Yep. And, and then, slow reveal of uh, Uncle Aaron is not the prowler of this universe. It's that universe's Miles. Miles Morales is the prowler. And, like, the thing is that uh, that Miles is assuming that his uncle's the prowler, and assuming his uncle's ba- is being bad. He's like, you don't have to be a bad guy. You don't have to be a bad guy. The prowler doesn't have to be bad. You can choose not to do this. And then that's when Aaron takes off the glove and says, I'm not the Prowler, throws it, and then Miles of that universe catches it with the braids and says, I'm the Prowler. But we don't... And he says, you got to let me go so I can uh, save my dad, my universe. And the Prowler just kind of tells him, like, why would I do that? Yeah. And we don't hear anything else. Like, because we don't... Honestly, I don't know like, if this ends. Prowler is good or bad in this universe. This universe doesn't have a Spider-Man. Yeah. And clearly, they're do- what they're doing is getting money so that they can help survive. There's the Sinister Six is taking over a lot of this New York. Because it's mentioned in the news report in the background. Um, but, yeah, it ends right there. And you're like, holy shit, dude. This is- there's another movie? Just, boom. Immediate cliffhanger. And then the um, there's no end credit scene. Yeah, it's so just don't... a mid-credit scene. And after that, you can leave. Yeah. And the mid-credit scene shows... Gwen going and picking up all the old friends and a few of the new friends to do her own task force to go help and bring Miles back. And she says, hey, I... And I, to stop the spot. She said, I, I, she's like, I couldn't find a right band to join, so I made my own band. And her own band is Noir Spider-Man, Penny Parker Spider-Man, Porker... Peter Por- Parker. Peter Porker. Peter B. Parker. And, like, and uh, Obi, Obi and... and the, the Indian guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're all not going to go and help Miles, because... What's going to happen is the spot is going to 
kill his father. That's how it happens. Like, That's he, what he keeps saying. He's like, I'm going to destroy has, everything that you hold, cherish, and love. Yeah, and Miles had like a vision when he was being pulled through one of the spots that, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Is he's going to destroy a building? His dad's going to try and save a little girl, and his dad's going to die, and that's the canonical event that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Where, um, so the spot is still now the big villain that should be taken seriously. So now the next movie called Beyond the Spider Verse, you're going to have Obi, Gwen, Indian Spider Man, uh, all the old, old characters group. back helping Miles fight off uh, Manuel and his whole Spider Verse of people. Trying to stop him from saving his dad. Yeah, plus, and then plus stops plus, the spot. <laughs> plus the Prowler, who, is he good or bad? Is he going to help Miles uh, go or not help Miles go? Does he want Miles like, no, I lost my dad. You get to feel what I feel now. Yeah. So that he doesn't feel alone. Because I honestly feel like that would be an interesting thing. It might be too too big for them to dive too into. Too dark. Well, they do dive but, into a lot of... Uh, Big big issues and things. And but that would be like, interesting to hear, like, if the problem was like, no, I'm not going to let you go because I lost my dad. You get to know what that feels like now. Yeah. Uh, so I'll keep you here. And then he has to fight himself and then get away, get to his own universe. And I just hope it so. doesn't take another five years. I'm hoping that while they were making this one, they were also making... The next one as well. Which I think is what the probably we're doing because the first movie is clearly like, hey, here's an experiment. Here's a movie. Is it successful? Will it be, they'll maybe let us make more if not. Okay, they could have just ended it where it ended. Yeah. With the cliffhanger of when um, opening up the portal saying, hey, Miles, hey. what's up? Yeah. And that's fine. And then, but with this, since this is clear, the story is not over. We don't know what's yeah, going to happen. It, they've clearly have, should be have working on this and then we continue working on, on it right afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so but, hopefully oh. in a year or two we'll get the next movie. Oh, I hope so. I'm like, ooh, goose pimpling. So definitely a good movie. Yes. All the characters are great. That's cool. So the guy who was in Nope uh, mm-hmm. is the voice of Obi. Ah! Which is interesting because I've never heard him use a British accent before. Unless he is British. Oh, and Andy Samberg is Scarlet Spider. So Scarlet Spider, like, there's all these different versions of them. So, again, when you watch it, you'll see it. And they actually spend time to introduce some of them, but not all of them. Scarlet Spider is, like, this ubi-depressed Spider-Man that's always narrating himself. It's hilarious. It's really, really hilarious how all these spiders work. It's great. I, It's so good. You need to see it. Watch the rewatch the first one or watch the first one and then go see this film. It's visually beautiful. The animation is so well done. We need more animation that pushes boundaries like this. And it just clicks on every single level. Yeah, and, and I mean, if they pull us off with the third movie, this will be another like here's a perfect Spider-Man trilogy. Yes. Much like how I really like um Homecoming, no, uh, Far From Home, and No Way Home being like a perfect Spider-Man trilogy story for, for MC- the MCU. Yeah. This is a perfect Sony like Spider-Man story being told through and through. Um, like it, like I said, lots of great stuff in it. You're probably going to have to watch it multiple times. Um, honestly, some of the funniest gags are with all the other Spider-Men. Yes. The one in therapy, the Spider-Cat freaking oh out on, th- on people scratching their faces. The t- Spider-T-Rex. <laughs> Just... Yes. Yeah, like which brings me to more is like you mean a small task force? There's a ta- there's a fucking dinosaur Spider-Man yes. that works for And them. then there was like a Spider-Man cowboy that he also put a spider mask on his horse. Yeah, it's like why does the horse wear a mask? <laughs> it's so and they're stupid. all quippy, they're all funny, and as they point as Peter B. Parker points out, 
is like Manuel's the only one who's not fucking funny. He's yeah. too serious. He's dark. He's angry. He's the clearly the villain. Mm-hmm. But where all the other different Spider Men are all making jokes and are funny and like when they even when they show up and like yeah hey, we gotta get he, Manuel tells somebody like hey go uh, find the spot and like oh, I'll be spot on and they all start making spot puns at him like oh. He's like, stop. He's just like tired of Spider-Man, of all Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> which honestly, I remember having the first issue of Spider-Man 2099 and I didn't bother getting more because I didn't like that version of Spider-Man. He wasn't funny. He wasn't entertaining. He was just too broody. Yeah. He was like a Batman. Which, which Spider-Man is, what, is not what it's <clears throat> supposed to be. Which Oscar Isaac plays him perfectly that oh, way. Oh, yeah. So it works out really well. And I guess it's true to the character. But I never knew what Spider-Man 29's whole... Uh, Backstory, backstory was. was or like where his story goes because he wasn't the Spider-Man that I remember growing up with so when I remember reading his comic I'm like eh I'm not into it yeah um, but this is definitely a, a go great, watch great movie go watch spend it spend the money you'll enjoy it please go buy it on DVD Blu-ray every version you can to support when, the well studio. when, it, when comes it comes out, out that way um, if, definitely but support until then, Pascal go, Pictures because they deserve it it's yes, a great movie yes all right, so that's uh, our review of uh, Sp- Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and we're excited to see Beyond the Spider-Verse. Hopefully that'll come out in a year or two. Please. And see how this movie ends. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so uh, thanks for watching. Uh, you can find us at thenerdcrusade.com. Uh, we'll, we usually stream pretty much throughout the week. We'll be streaming probably a lot of Diablo this week. Yay! Uh, Couch Co-op Diablo. So Yay. I'll figure out how we can uh, stream that in the living room when we play we'll that. We'll show your face only, because I don't want to throw makeup on. Whatever, we'll, f- we'll figure it out. I will wear a mask. <laughs> so we'll be playing uh, Diablo uh, this week. We'll have access to it tomorrow at four o'clock. So we'll probably be streaming it tomorrow night and all throughout Yay. the week and next week and uh, next weekend. Well, not next week. Next weekend is the showcase yes. on Sunday, so we'll be watching that and the game show. And we'll be talking about the summer uh, games showcase, which happens on Saturday. Uh, uh, no, no, it happens on Sunday. The eleventh is the eleventh is the Xbox showcase. Oh, the okay. summer game showcase hosted by Jeff Keeley is on like Friday, Saturday. Oh, gotcha. So this whole weekend is like gaming stuff, and then Xbox's big show is on Sunday with another hour long showcase just on Starfield after the Xbox show. Yep. So we'll probably do a podcast either Monday. We'll probably record either Monday at lunch or later or Sunday night. Who yeah, knows? We'll, we'll have to take notes. But we'll get that taken care of. And we'll have, next week's podcast will be about that stuff. So catch us there. You can catch all our podcasts on your normal podcast stuff. Um, or you can uh, go to NerdCrusade.com and we're there as well. As yep. well as all our old old episodes too. So we'll catch you later. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.